0: Imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal.
1: With your host, Cummins Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
0: A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock, about music, rock and roll, and corporate
1: power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go there on a killing screen, shot,
0: and the name of God. The confidence of a hero or four was exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's all one That's choose to, all my life to. That's okay. It means something. It. And they got away. You know, that's my take now with what's yours. Protonic uh, River Song. Oh.
1: That's like a science thing,
0: right? Indeed, 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 it's a science thing, it's a science place, it's a scientific fact, and we are all up in your face, it is time once more for the one, uh, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it! Episode 202, 202, oh it's palindrome, it's palindrome time baby! Uh, it's not a requirement for if I had a hi-fi to be on palindrome shows. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Jeff Mueller from June of 44, shipping News, uh, Rodan, Dexterity Press, all kinds of cool stuff. It's been a couple years since they had them on. I think there had been some June of 44 stuff happening, but not at the same level that there eventually was. Uh, of course, then the pandemic happened. But we'll get into all that, we'll get into all that, we'll get into all that. Looking forward to it thanks everybody for the kind words about the 200th episode and just the I guess that's just the general kind words in, in general general kind words in general sure it's uh it's the time to be alive and it, it means a lot to me that this show means something to you guys and, uh, that's, that's just an earnest statement so uh the episodes are still uh, somewhat backlogged Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal if you have not uh you see an episode that you wanted to see, but uh if you're missing an episode that you want to see, it's probably or here Whatever. I don't know. That's the thing. A dollar a month probably will get you there. Yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh yeah, otherwise, Protonic Reversal.com for the archives, all well, the place to find podcasts. Thanks so much for spreading it around that YouTube is woefully out of date the electronic reversal computer took a big fat electronic dump so that will be changing soon uh, in a good way but we'll we'll get back on YouTube so let's uh, let's let's listen to this song and talk to Jeff it's awesome excited All right, that's a little, that's a little of information and belief for you there by a little band known as Juno 44. That's a, off of the Four Great Points record. Oh, right, that's a professional radio hey show man. here. And right now we have none other than Mr. Jeff Mueller. How you doing, sir? Welcome. You got
1: you got a Jeffy. You got you you got your Jeff. <laughs> your your biggest fan, Jeff Mueller. Hey man, how are you? Dude, How's it it's, going? it's so good to
0: talk to you. It's it's I it realize it's actually. <laughs> How are we, really you should say of... that after we. You should say that
1: after we talk. Oh, We've that's just true. gotten started. That's True. There's a lot to sort of. There's a lot to kind of go over. You might actually end up like wanting to cut my face after this conversation. You might hate me. I see what you mean. I, I, I hope not. How are you?
0: Good, good. Uh, well, you know, as well as can be expected in absolute hell world, of course.
1: Oh, come on. Come on. Lighten up. <laughs> Lighten up. Come on. That's uh, no can... way to go. Come on. It I mean it sucks, yes, but there's there's there's, there's got to be something. I mean, there's got to be something. There is. There
0: there there's 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 plenty to be happy about. I'm I'm just I'm just being a being a curmudgeon because I didn't sleep very well last night. Uh, how are you doing? That's the important question. Nobody cares how I'm doing. How are you
1: doing? Um, how are you doing? Uh, you time? know, t- truth be told, I'm. I'm. Thank you for asking. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty well, honestly. Like my uh, things are. Things are kind of moving along. Actually, today, uh, you know, like it's hard to sort of get up and leave like your station right now certainly where I am because we've been pretty much pinned in since March and following following pandemic protocols and all that kind of stuff so we just force ourselves to kind of pull our, pull, our, pull ourselves away from work and, and do things and today like my daughter and I we go on these expeditions, looking oh, nice. for yeah we do we go looking for creatures and stuff and she's been wanting a turtle and today i, I walked to the post office to send a bunch of stuff and on my way home uh, on the side of the on the side of our little street there was a, a cute little spotted turtle so I picked it up brought it home and and she got she got joyfully emotional it was great
0: that's awesome I mean, that's it, was a, good. it was good that's like the lesser known uh, novel uh, turtle spotting that is uh you know irvine welsh <laughs>
1: yes yes <laughs> absolutely so no but but no but um but things are. you know we i guess like when did when did we talk did we talk in 2018
0: i was actually trying to figure that out it was 20 it was about two years like year and a half i feel like it ago.
1: was in like yeah i feel like it was in july or august around this time two years ago wasn't it
0: yeah and it, it's it's one of those things where i was actually thinking about that today and despite having the ability to look up that information very easily i just for whatever reason, decided I would just like kind of grind on it. Like I don't know when was that? Hmm, I don't know. Like just kind of worked on and worked on. I never came up with an answer, but I think it was yeah. just about two years.
1: It feels like it was about two years um, to me. Like I was, and I um, I was I was considering like wearing the same outfit and yeah, July twenty eighteen. Same... It's a two yep. year
0: two. So two years and one month. Episode one twenty. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Okay.
1: Yep, there I could have done that all day
0: and I totally didn't. Uh. <laughs>
1: What'd you do? Did you just search it? Did you just search your your database yeah, or something I just, like
0: I did, that? Yeah, I am since I'm right at the computer. It was like, oh, which episode was it? Okay, it was that one. All
1: right. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. But I, you know, I was gonna go. I was gonna go to my uh, my side porch and sit in the precise location that I talked to you because <laughs> I can see it. Like it happened yesterday. But I went out there. <laughs> I went out you. there about ten minutes ago or fifteen minutes ago, and I felt like a friggin' salad bar. The mosquitoes. Oh. Yeah. They, they just they love me. Like my back looks like a like a like a like a like a an ugly fluke, or like a, some sort of like a like a leechy nut or something, because they just eat me. They just eat every little piece of me, and I hate it. And I just can't. So anyway, I uh, I, I went back inside the house and I found a comfy chair.
0: So you have like appetizing blood, basically, is what you're is what you're telling people.
1: No, not that you know, This 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 might be get me in trouble. Uh, but you know, I'm as far as people like who sort of scrutinize and 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 judge these types of conversations. Oh. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna take a risk. I, you know, I liken my I'm Jewish, mm-hmm. I'm Jewish, okay, and I liken mosquitoes to being little flying Hitlers, <laughs> and they just, they just like to, they just want to just chew on, <laughs> chew on my jew they just love my Jewishness, <laughs> so. Little flying so, Hitlers, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I just want to just squash them, I just want to just not have them yeah, near me. I don't,
0: I um, think anyone's sad if that happens. To be clear, I don't think anyone's going to be mad that that's...
1: Oh. I, I hope not, but, you know, like any reference nowadays, it just seems like it could be... You know, <laughs> you can cool. just, like, flip things any which way. I could somehow become uh, suddenly, like, like scrutinized and, and, and thrown in jail for being anti-mosquito. Yeah, I could area. be like, I'm anti-mosquito. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to kill the bats. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. I'm trying to deprive the bats of their food. Yeah. Um, a, they're anyway. a valuable part
0: of the ecosystem, you animal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway anyway well i think um, last
0: last we talked you had done a few of the june of 44 shows uh overseas over 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 in italy uh that was like still relatively recent and there was kind of nebulous perhaps uh future plans for for stuff uh including uh, domestically here in the u.s but i know for a fact that you played chicago specifically because i had tickets to it and didn't go to it because i was too busy canvassing instead and uh I, I wish oh. I could have seen it, but that that's it. I feel like it was a valuable uh, use of my time.
1: I uh, get you know. it. I get it. Well, no, that's an important thing to be do. I, I didn't realize you were in Chicago. Well, I'm in Milwaukee. Uh, so
0: uh, that was that was the closest one. So you know, hour forty five drive, okay, down the street. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> through Kenosha, you got to be careful. You got to go by Mars's cheese. You got to go Mars by our cheese, cheese castle. castle yeah. too. it was
0: interesting yeah. seeing Mars cheese castle trending on Twitter for a while. I'm like, huh. That's that. that's not something. Oh, because they
1: yeah. Th- yeah. They stepped into they stepped into it didn't they didn't they have some they had some like some commentary. They got they got all political on us about something. I can't remember precisely what it was.
0: Did the cheese castle? Oh, I'm, I'm, I hope not. I, I know that like the uh, the as he was referred to the aspiring cop kid that uh, shot the protesters. Uh, talked about, you know, he was on the Facebook page talking about Stormy and the Cheese Castle, which was like, okay, yeah, oh, that would have been no, a lot that... cuter if you hadn't actually killed some people.
1: But oh god, no, right? No. no, no, This was this was more. This was not that recent. This was more like. um more like half a year ago. I think they...
0: Maybe they did. God, my... I feel like my... I feel like... They went, it
1: was good commentary. It was just sort of like sort of like the Wiener Circle in Chicago. It was sort of like their marquee sign. It was something... Oh! Something sort of aggressive, like anti-right-wing anti, like, like right-wing stuff. But I can't remember precisely what it was.
0: I never anyway. understand why businesses do that. But then by the same token, I was thinking about it and... I used to live like right up the hill from the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland and uh, which is just notoriously outspoken. Like they were known for like when Michael Mortar uh when that when the movie they gave the which one was it? They gave the R rating to and so like it wouldn't get shown anywhere and they're like, We're not gonna enforce the R rating um
1: a michael moore movie
0: yeah fahrenheit 9-11 this is like oh years yeah, yeah yeah yeah. but like they, yeah, yeah. but basically they had like a big audacious i don't even remember what they said but they, they changed their billboard to be you know we're not you know come see it we're not enforcing it and then the, then they just kind of like let it roll and had increasingly incendiary and increasingly niche political messaging including like things about parking meters and stuff where it's like okay whoa this is a uh, you're, uh, you're, it turns, you're getting away they, they from universalist the, sentiment here, and kind of getting more into <laughs> to niche grievance
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, right, local grievances. It's like small town news. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's like a human interest story. No, I, it's not. It's not that. I mean, that they, they Marses didn't do that. Nor does the Wiener Circle. It's more like, it's more like like uh, the onion esque. It's more like yeah, satirical, yeah. but sort of just like taking stabs. I don't know. And I, I'm for that. But yeah, you, I, 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 I totally. I totally hear you. Like oh, it's like... almost like when you step into a protest, and instead of it being, desi- like, want, like the reason of the protest sort of splinters out into a like, like you're talking about free Mumia and Monsanto in the same, <laughs> like, in the like, same brother, I'm protest. Just,
0: I'm just, I'm just here to see Ant Man.
1: <laughs> right, right. I know. No, that's exactly. It's like, well, stop it. You're like, come on. Just gonna get clear, clarify. It just needs to be kind of cleared out a little bit, but it, it's all useful, and I don't know. Uh, I,
0: I guess so. I just looked it up while while we were um, while we were talking, and, and apparently they on January of this year they just they put up "I Can't Breathe" on the uh, on the billboard. Oh, that uh, oh
1: wait, Wiener Circle did that. Uh, Mark Castle did. That's what it was then. You nailed it. Yeah, you found it. And, yeah. they,
0: and this article also notes it as a lactose landmark, yeah. which I feel like is a good alliteration and a usage of of headline space. So,
1: huh. Yeah, that's 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 intense, man. And I, th- I think, yeah, honestly, like in my view, certainly coming from that neck of the woods and that region of the country, I think it's important for that type of messaging, that type of clear and concise messaging, at this point, to sort of have some resonance and to have some presence. I don't think it's, but you know, again, like if it if it goes from, you know, I can't breathe to Uh, you know the parking meters suck in my neighborhood like (laughs) let's just lift lift the the two-hour parking ban okay that's right right no right on red and left turn should be illegal you know it's like it's like yeah but i mean if you know like i i think that those places and uh, those places i think it's useful for them to sort of use some of their leverage to platform those types of messages uh without it becoming too preachy and it's risky it's risky i mean they could just basically be you know like i mean they could be turning away like a third to half of their business if they by 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 taking that type of position and stance so it's ballsy but i think it's really crucial and uh important for people to sort of see that people that feel sort of beaten up and ostracized or like they have no voice or no one's really paying any attention and particularly right now because we're all sort of Wearing masks and not able to see each other's faces unless we're carrying large guns. I've got so <laughs> many guns. I've got so many guns. I, my house is just filled. I can't even move in my house because it's filled with guns. <laughs> Tri- tripping over guns? <laughs> I'm just tripping over guns. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. Uh, yeah, um,
0: well, what I think I think you hit some important points there, and I think it's something where. yeah, And that's something that it, it's bizarre to me that that's become. You know, statements of solidarity like that can be seen as political messaging rather than, you know, if someone put up all cops are bastards or something, it's like, OK, you're drawing a line right there, you know, which uh, it would be understandable where people would be upset. But like the people seem to be. There's there's a lot of folks that seem to be professionally upset about shit.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Well, and there's it. a lot of that. well, there's, Well, there's a lot of fodder for that, too. I mean, um, I don't know how much we got back, how much we got into this. The first time that we talked, but I mean, honestly, and for the first for the first two years of Trump's term, like I found myself showing up to work and just not knowing what to do with myself. Yeah. For the first, certainly for the first six months or a year, I just showed up and I needed to just kind of sit down and, and and just weed through my headspace, and I would just write these op eds and I would just send them out to nowhere. I would just I need mean, just to get it out of my system.
0: Right, right. Like the uh, the act of uh, getting out into the light. Being the the ultimate goal, like not necessarily having like an end goal of like I'm gonna have this published in whatever. It's nope, it's getting it out there.
1: It's just getting it out there, and it's like bubble politics, you know. It's all very bubble politic oriented, and I just was just I, I I I found myself in a rabbit hole with it, and I still feel precisely the same way that I did. But at the end of the day, there's only so much that I can do or say, you know, there's only so many letters I can write or so many protests and demonstrations I can sort of participate in before I start to sort of affect, it has an adverse effect on the things that surround me that I really care about. At the end of the day, like, none of those people, the good or the bad people, they don't really give a shit about me, and they don't really care about my relationships with people that are stressed as a result of some of, of decisions that are beyond my control. They don't care, so... I kind need of to, needed to sort of dial it back and just kind of, you know, yeah. like pay attention to the things that were crucial to me that sort of keep 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 my part sort of pinned together. for a while there, I was totally coming unhinged. I was just depressed yeah. and yeah. this sucks. And how could our country be like this? And it's only gotten worse. <laughs> honestly, it's only gotten worse. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but 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 I think my 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 tack. And honestly, like. Uh, it's been really good to have you know you brought it like you uh, a couple minutes ago a few moments ago you mentioned you know like what was gonna you know like after the first june of 44 dates back in in may uh i think the first show back was sometime mid-may in 2018 and i came home and then you and i talked in july yeah so we didn't we weren't really certain and we're still not really 100% certain what what we're doing we're just sort of like taking it as it comes but through the past you know piece of change and time it's been really useful to have as much creativity and much art related focus to sort of prevent me from just sort of deteriorating you know
0: yeah i mean because it seems like you've you've managed to keep a good balance of putting that energy towards things that are positive, like doing like uh, dexterity press stuff and, and, and finding, finding ways to kind of mitigate the, the the negative feelings and feelings of helplessness uh, through doing art. And that's something that, you know, I I get a lot of messages from people about that. You know, I sometimes have that same, (laughs) that same level of anxiety about things. And it's, it's something where it's nice to see uh people be able to make stuff in basically what is complete chaos all the time as as i would characterize it
1: and... yeah yeah I, yeah I, it, you know it, it, to to an extent like some of it you know some of the things are high like i, I, I could potentially be viewed as self indulgent or sort of um like just sort of like wrapped all around my own sort of like ideologies or thoughts or process or whatever. And other things like are entirely like, like like fixated on a broader spectrum that's totally outside of myself. But at the end, for me, the long and the short of it is it's just like in order to get a, a better metric on what it is that I'm doing and how that relates to the people that I care about. Like I, it's just sort of like a continuous I guess a continuous purge is just sort of continuous sort of like session. of just trying to get some things out of my system. So I feel like if I can't be really good for myself, then I'm not going to be able to be that awesome for my kids or my wife or, or those sorts of things. You know, the, the tricky part of it is that like in, in, within the scope of like my family, like, you know, I was, I just said a minute ago, like those people like that are calling the shots and that are making the rules, they don't really give a shit about us. And, that 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 ostensibly is sort of directed uh, within the scope of my own family because you know that, and I think there's a lot of people that probably everybody's sort of going through this in their own way. I, my my story is no different than sure. many many yeah. other people's as far as how they've related to related with you know to the pandemic, relating to. The, their, how they re- react and respond to, like, you know, mm-hmm. racial injustice and civil unrest and all these all the things that are at the top of our minds right now. But it's just interesting to have people in my life, you know, and, uh, every, and everyone shares this sort of sentiment, I'm sure. It's interesting to have people that are directly related to me that have completely opposite perspectives and an opposite view yeah. about how all of this stuff is going. It's like I... Uh, uh and and that was part of part of why I sort of had to resist my inclination just to sort of like like throw shit sandwiches at everybody <laughs> for the first two years right. because i was hit i was hitting people that I love too who don't share my perspective and that's not you know like i i, I no it really isn't and I don't wanna I, you know like i you know when all you and hopefully this you know hopefully we come to a place where we're we can all meet somewhere and have a more pluralistic sort of perspective on things sort of and a, a, a looser binding around us but still a binding nonetheless but but until that day comes i think we just need to be sort of protective about the things that are most important to us because when that day comes if we fuck everything up for ourselves then we won't have anything left by the time you know in in some capacity we won't have anything left until when things do clear out.
0: Yeah, and you hit on some important points there. Uh, first thing I want to say is that I actually have been very interested in hearing people's stories of, of art as basically cathar- catharsis and therapy, and just as a you know sanity almost a sanity prevention mechanism but it was a sanity maintenance mechanism <laughs> it's both it's both it, it, it can be both depending on the art yeah uh, and yeah. so I did want I did want to notate that but also you know we're we're in a interesting situation that this was very predictable I feel and the reason why is because we've we allowed a situation where you have a facts versus frame environment. Everyone builds up stories and everything becomes about, you know, the the facts are all about chosen, you know, trusted sources and untrusted sources. And these, these stories that are, Lakoff has a great book. Uh, don't think of an elephant that I always refer to. Yeah. Uh, that's like, like the masterwork on this stuff. But th- I mean, this has been, this didn't happen by accident. This, this happened over the course of decades and yeah. this this is just the ultimate culmination of it. This this is like the payoff, right? This 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 is this is, this is the uh, explosion at the fireworks factory. Yeah. At the end of the movie, and yeah, I, not to say that like that's like a desirable choice or anything, but considering that people just sort of who were in power decided to kind of keep a blind eye to it and just let people, oh, ha ha ha, you know, they're stupid because they can't spell this okay, but the thing is, do you realize that half the times they're spelling those wrong because they know that you're going to be a dick about it? You know, like, things along those yeah. lines. And, and it's like, and guess what? You kind of are being a dick. <laughs> like, they're yeah. not wrong about that. Like, you know, no. that doesn't mean abandon empathy. <laughs> but, no, but it's also, no. you know, it,
1: it, it's a notable thing. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and that, uh, it, I, mean, I, I don't, like, I, I feel like what, I've, what I try to do by and large is pay not pay much attention to what you know Reuters or what the Guardian or the, my news sources are telling me and I'm trying to but I you know, I pay attention to them I you know and I want uh, you know just to kind of bite into Fox News and bite into CNN I try to get that perspective as well but the uh, really, I just am listening to what people are saying. I'm just trying to hear, like the story is sort of the story unfolds and it develops and it sort of tells itself if you just pay attention to, not the not the editorials, not the the bent media, but if you pay attention to what the people are saying, and uh, in in many instances, a lot of the disparity and the sort of the dis- disproportionate sort of like leverage that people sort of invest in sort of like far left or far right media is based on them curating the 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 you know the answer to their own narrative they try to they seek out the you know they're seeking out the the uh, an ant fits their their story and that and, and that's always going to be poisonous you know that's always going to be poisonous if you're just sort of looking for the solution that 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 fits your unit you know, that that best best fits your needs and yeah, I, I find that with my that and I guess that's it like when I was yeah when I'm talking about my team and people in my relatively close proximity that are you know that I that I that we don't fit 100% well these days it's, it's largely because they're just unwilling to sort of unwilling to sort of like accept like just the reality of, of, of the circumstance you know and right yeah. now I'm actually really upset with you. Because I'm missing, because, well, I am because I'm missing the RNC. I'm miss. I'm mad that I'm not home. Look, <laughs> I can't go inside and just watch DJ Trump Jr. or whatever. I, I'm just angry. <laughs> just, I just just
0: blowing uh, fat rails before he gives his uh, <laughs> impasse. Have you watched, speech. <laughs>
1: it, 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 It's so scary. It's so amazing. It's really kind of like watching WWF. It's like watching a like a chair match or in a cage or like. Like watching a bunch of people throw thumbtacks all over a wrestling mat and just jump around in it. But did you did, did have you watched any of it?
0: I have. I, I I have generally watched as much as I could stand before I'm like I, I'm like screw this. I'm out. But there's been some incredible like just from a sheer theatrical perspective, like Kimberly Guilfoyle's presentation. Yeah. Like I I wish that somebody I can't remember who it was, they said you know they appreciated Pat Buchanan's speech, but they liked it better in the original German. And it was like, sort of, oh, oh yeah, wow, yeah. yeah that, that, that would actually apply to. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's just basically doing everything but like pounding the pa- the the podium, and uh, it was like, wow, this is uh, this is this. Explain this to a founding father, you know, like okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this, totally. This is, what, totally.
0: What, is, what exactly? Okay, right. And then everyone is. It, it's sort of, it's interesting to see the combination of the true believers, and sort of the along for the ride grifters.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and just, just, yeah. I, 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 I. At this point, it doesn't really seem like there's that much of a delineation between the two. It doesn't seem like there's that much of a line drawn between them. The yeah, great they may not even know of...
0: themselves at this point. It's like, it's like no, I don't even... no,
1: no, do you no, believe this? I don't like...
0: even know anymore. You
1: No, know? <laughs> right, right. They could all just go fishing together and there'd be no difference. There'd be like, just there's the, the adherence between the two just seem like the, the, the line between reality and shape-shifting. It's just is all just sort of nestled sweetly into whatever it is that they feel like doing. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I love you know, that they I,
0: started recruiting people from like that, that were basically memes. It's like, oh, we're going to get the gun oh, couple. We're going to get that, that kid that was rude to the uh, American Indian guy.
1: Oh, you mean you mean the St. Louis couple with the guns? Yeah, I was like, I was like you're just like, getting the people hell, from why memes? The fuck, to be... Why the fuck are they on the RS? <laughs> why are they there? Yeah.
0: You couldn't find like, I don't know, an office holder to speak oh my or like someone like, you know, oh no, we're going to get the, you know, the, the people, the guns who like pointed the guns at the protesters.
1: Oh my okay? gosh, I know. It's right. If there's any way you're going to imbo- like make make for more really great situations for people, it's by sort of celebrating <laughs> like the yeah. suburban lunatics who held up AR-71s and hand pistol <laughs> <to laughs> protesters walking <Right>. by <laughs> their houses in St. Louis. It's great. So it's, only, it's, it's just going to get better. I, um, I uh you know for a while uh, in the i guess it was in the spring you know just as a fun thing i started posting i started making what i like to call my verified memes
0: yes i was making yeah, memes
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no i was just making my own verified memes that were just sort of like just set up to kind of piss off Trump supporters. Yeah, it was it was, it was, it was like, Jeff
0: Mueller's dank meme stash for for. Yeah, years. I don't
1: know. Like there were just like things that were completely wrong, though. They were completely yeah. untrue. It was like Trump signing an executive order to, uh, uh for the immediate like um release and, and and imprisonment of police that you know were shooting people or whatever, and just making it look totally legit. Like and I I, don't, I never really had the the chops to kind of go forward with it, but I thought it would just be. There's just so much there's so much of that, like of those those sorts of those sorts of just like you know big white letters on a picture sort of circulating through social media that people completely bite sink their teeth into and oh yeah and and then suddenly it means something. It's like it just doesn't. it just really doesn't,
0: but my dad's my dad's like the meme lord, and you know, maybe about. Forty percent of them are good or timely or funny, and there's a good twenty percent like I don't, I don't don't even understand what this is attempting to convey. It's just like,
1: okay, oh, yeah. he's just really I, into I, it. He loves it. I, I liked it when it was. I liked it when like we didn't think that like Trump was going to be president and his memes were funny. Now oh, I yeah, just no, I can't. It's, it's not funny. There's one like that after I think it was after the second debate with Hillary Clinton where he uh he he you know it was his Adderall sniffing festival like oh, he was yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the meme is just like it. It basically like synchronizes all of his sniffles into like one like thirty second patch. It's just <laughs> it's a, I'll, I'll, it's, a sniffle supercut. It's just like one steady patch of Trump sniffles, and it's just just it's truly, it, it really is. It's like I just could have it on repeat while I'm trying to go to sleep. It's like the right. best. Like yeah, it's like it's like it's like just the funniest thing. Oh, I don't know. What
0: a world you live in.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Can you uh you know I I would like to actually hear a little bit how the uh the revisionist adaptations of future histories in the time of love and survival thing came together and also I would like to talk about the fact that I like the survivor sound was uh was involved in that because um being an Oakland guy that's a uh I was like yeah. oh how cool what a, like a neat crisscrossing of worlds so how did that come to pass you got that Motmos remix uh, you got a uh, McIntyre doing I mean it's kind of I mean, it's in the title uh, to a certain degree, but like, how did how were you, how did that come together to to make this new release? Like, what was the mindset behind it? How did you decide what to pick? Like, where, where did how did it all come to be?
1: Well, for, for, do do you know do you know the Survivor Sound guy? Do you know Jonah? I do. Yeah,
0: I, I got a futon from him.
1: <laughs> oh well, there you go. And I'm I sure still have sl- it. I'm it's sure he sure slept done. on it a few times. <laughs> um, I, no,
0: we were we were uh, like I think it, I bought it, a copy before I even realized that he was involved. I'm like, oh sh- no kidding, it's Joe. That's awesome.
1: No, oh, that's remarkable. Like he he was he was awesome. Like well, it honestly like the maybe like within weeks or a couple of months after <laughs> we played in Catania. Sean, Sean uh, started saying we should, uh, re, you know, like revisit some of our older songs that we just were never satisfied with, even when we made them back in 1999. You know, we right. we'd always had a our songwriting and recording approach was always somewhat stressed and. Uh, the process was pretty intense where we would just get together for a number of weeks and then just, or a week or two weeks, and just go straight into a studio and record whatever it was that we had. And um, for the first two or three releases, it was, a, I, I think collectively we felt like those records came off a bit more cohesively because our approach to writing the songs was such that Sean or I would come in with a, a fairly Clear idea, uh, like a, a, of a song structure and arrangement, with parts and stuff, and uh, you know, the the Sean and, uh, and Doug and Fred would, you know, make the song better with how you know what, how great they are as players. They of just course, could yeah. just fix, yeah, you know, they could just figure it out really quickly, and we could easily get through. Like we could easily have a records worth of new songs ready to at least play through by the end of like four or five days of practice and then we'd spend another three or four days working out the kinks and then we'd go in and we'd record an album but by the time we got to uh our last studio record we we all wanted to approach the music differently uh with a more sort of like uh open like like relationship with the songs where each of us sort of Developed developed our parts in unison where we just didn't have song structures. We stepped in with maybe a basic idea or a riff or a sample or a drum part, and we just sort of tried, you know, try to develop the song that way. And we were still working under the same pretense that we, you know, wanted to get it done in a matter of a week or two weeks and be in a studio. And we'd set up studio time that we couldn't sort of let go of. And by the time we we, we that whole the 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 songwriting process. For our last record, uh, being so different, we just weren't ready by the time we got to the studio because that process was—it was the first time we tried to write, oh sure. um, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Write, like records, write, write music from the complete ground up as four people collaboratively. And Very by the time we got in
0: way into... of, of, of than how you done it before,
1: so. yes, and it just it it the pro- and it's a process that I you know I I, I fixate on because I I feel like the songs musically and ownership wise are just so much better when they're written by the sum of their parts rather than just one person you know i feel like the music can be so much better if like everyone's creativity is sort of tapped into but it just takes a little bit longer you know and um we still like just wanted to kind of stick to the plan and we went into the studio and recorded the last record and i don't think any of us were ever really 100% sold on it, but we, you know, we just did it, and we came out, and we just moved on, and throughout the course of 1999, while we were out touring to support that record, Those songs, like three or four of the songs that were on that album, evolved so much that we, you know, we figured we learned how to play them a month and a half or two months after we recorded them.
0: You you, you Um, were better at playing them because they were more familiar, and they were uh, like they were able to develop naturally in in a way that uh, led to better songs
1: yeah yeah and we just all felt like i i again like doug and doug and fred are just so quick and such fast players that throughout the process of writing that record they were ready to go and i just i'm just not as i'm I'm not that great of a guitar player it takes me a long time i'm not intuitive it's all it, it it's all process and just sort of like this heavy uh re- repetition thing with me where i just need to kind of that kind of go away with the music for a while before I kind of get to anything that I actually feel like is worth, worth a nickel. But anyway, without, without making the story too long, we, when we got back together in 2018, Sean thought like, well, why, you know, these songs don't even sound, a couple of the songs are almost unrecognizable. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. So why not, why not just sort of like, we we're not pinned into anything. Why don't we, why don't we think about approaching a release where, a small release where we're not even, you know, we're not really working on like absolutely new songs, but these versions of these songs are new enough to to us that we can make a record out of them. And we just sort of made sort of a running list of what those tracks and what those songs were. And then we, we were approached by a guy in San Jose, actually, who wanted to host a party for us, where we'd go up into his, uh, up into this, this up into the mountains outside of San Jose, and there's a friend of his who had a studio. We were going to record there, but that whole situation sort of fell apart about a week and a half before we were supposed to be on the West Coast, and we didn't know gotcha. where wh- what was going to happen. So that's when we sort of went into what well, that was the first step of what we of survivor mode which was sort of like calling other studios that were in the bay and asking if they might be able to host us and we could re-record there and jonah was amenable and we showed up there and we recorded for three straight days and uh got essentially the basic tracks for the record done and then we ended up in chicago to finish it up um it was just a you know ultimately like there's a lot of there's a lot of different with you know i don't want to get too boring or too detail oriented with the the making of the record but there's like the the title sort of implies not just it not just the you know like the circumstance that 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 i think we all sort of are relating to right now which is sort of like 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 pairing it back to just sort of like the bare essentials and the bare necessities and sort of what it is that we need just to sort of get through our day-to-day rituals but also through the process of making the record we just were you know like several things happened that just weren't awesome like the studio that we were going to record in and san jose falling apart then yeah yeah. then survivor was survivor sound was a terrific studio to work in but it presented a few curfew problems that we were unaware of you you were used we're used to sort of going into a studio and once it's you know, once you're in there, you can basically camp there for however long you want to be in there. And right. That, and that, and, but that's not ubiquitous. And at, at survivor, Jonah I was like, no, we kind of need to be done by a certain hour. Which is such yeah. a
0: modern day Oakland thing that that didn't used to be the case, but now it's like, okay, it's okay. This is prime.com real estate guys. You know, like it's, it's just so, so much more of a thing. And he's had, he's credit where credit's due. He's, uh, done an amazing job, uh, with what he has and has, you know, <laughs> tenacity of the cockroach like held it together and held oh uh, no no, yeah. no, he you know you know he was he, you know he
1: was, you know he was respectful, i mean yeah. he wasn't like a he just was like he was very firm and it just sort of presented uh an unusual circumstance for us for the amount of work that we anticipated trying to get done within the shape of those oh, right. three days and right. then and then before um before that Chicago show that you had tickets for that you had a canvas during. We were on. We were going to rehearse at Sean's studio in Chattanooga, and they, they those guys came to pick me up at the airport. And on the way back to his Sean's house, um, he got a call from his wife saying that the studio had burned to the ground.
0: Holy so, crap!
1: Yeah, it was sucked. Like the, um, it was a studio that Sean. It was called. It was called Soul Stable, and it was a studio that Sean had pretty much built by hand, out of what was an old Civil War era. Stable that was on his on his family's property. Yeah. He, he it was a crazy it's a crazy story. He, yeah. yeah, he was just out looking around and looking around. It's like maybe I think it's like forty or fifty acres of property, and it's one of the uh, it's the largest piece of unbroken land in the city limits of Chattanooga, Tennessee.
0: Really? What? And
1: he, yeah, so he's, he's just out roaming and he discovers this building that nobody really had ever paid attention to. It was under br- brush and trees and all kinds of stuff. And he started uncovering it and he really found this, you know, it was not at all like an all season building by any stretch of the imagination. It was an old horse stable and he, he retrofitted, he built up, you know, framed out rooms and put in windows and had like probably 50 or $60,000 worth of gear in it. And, uh, you know we were just getting ready to get ready to go on tour we were going to play rehearse there for three days and then play in chattanooga or in in knoxville and then start heading up toward chicago and yeah he got a call that uh it it burned to the ground so that was that was another (sighs) another really messed up thing and then like we get done with the recording and the freaking pandemic hits
0: <laughs> and you're like hey we're clear all right oh wait what yeah, yeah.
1: as far <laughs> yeah. as but as far as like so there's just all these different all this sort of like weirdo stuff but um so the 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 matmos involvement and the john mcintyre involvement was because we've always you know there's uh, uh, there's not really a whole lot of reasons other than uh, truth be told it's just for fun. Yeah,
0: you know, help. we did,
1: why not? We had no interest, <laughs> why uh, you, you know, and, and <laughs> well, and yeah, well, and Mickey, Mickey Darius, Darius, who's in, uh, who's also in San Francisco, who runs the label that put the record out. Um, you know, he does very curated, uh, and specific releases for his labels that are like generally within a three to 500 range pressing, like not significant, like they're very intentionally kept small, And we were a project that sort of, he, you know, initially I think we sort of thought like our project with Mickey was going to sort of be in that range as well and just sort of grew exponentially into being something a little bit larger. But we, um, he, you know, we, you know, he, he, when he approached us, he, you know, he was talking about how he liked the idea of uh, the records that he putting out, that, that he was putting out being sort of, unusual for the musicians, not not very straight, not their normal sort of idea for a record. Like what? And and at that point, we were already talking and making about talking about making a record that was not very normal for us. So the whole concept fit neatly within our plan. And um, what just through the process, we realized and remembered that um, one of the songs that made it to the record is uh, is a 1996 version of a song uh that was re- released on a 1997 record that just was but it was a version that had not been released mm. um it was a 24 we found the, was 20, that the, the the
0: one that was in the fish tank one that you're talking about or is it a...
1: no no it's the last song on the record it's called okay. paint your face it's oh sort yeah of yeah our... of
0: course yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: and we we just we were like well let's because that one's on four
0: great points but it says cut your face
1: instead it's cut your face and the arrangement everything about it's just a little bit different the one on the new record is much more it's not as smooth it's a much more aggressive and and i when we heard it uh we're like well let's put that on there and then uh we just like well why not we have this all split up into you know we'd had it we'd had it transferred from two inch analog tape to pro tools. So we just thought, why not just sort of like distribute these, these tracks, these wave files to Matmos and see what they can do, you know, right. cause they're friends of ours. They're friends of mine from Louisville. Drew and I used to play. He, he was a guest on one of the best projects that I've ever done oh, really? back in the, yes, it's the best music that I've ever made. It was a rap band called King G and J crew
0: interesting um, okay it,
1: it's no it's not really the best thing i've ever done okay. <laughs> no 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 but it, was, it really isn't but i like to say that i like to say that it is and I'll, I'll send you some links but back in the early early 90s we we drew and i had worked on drew who's also part of matmos drew and martin are matmos i should say but he and i worked had worked on a few projects sort of just collaboratively back in the day and i'm always I'm always looking for excuses and reasons to sort of reach out to people to see if they're interested to sort of do stuff with things that we've made just to sort of see what their bend is on it. and he was amenable, and they they came up with their thing, and John was you know in the throes of the pandemic, and we were all in the middle of all these cancellations and we we're just like, well, why don't just see what John can make too right right um, so really, it's just sort of a. It's just sort of like uh, outreach and just sort of like fun to sort of in, in, involve your friends and in, in your project and sort of just sort of expand on the idea of what like our uh, like a weirdo band record could be. Well, and
0: it's interesting because in, at least in the Bay Area, there was a significant crossover between bands such as yourself and uh, that particular style of, of electronic artists. And even that most specifically, I mean, I remember hearing like a couple DJ sets where I want, I want to say I actually have heard a of, of 44 and Matmos song like right next to each other, like within the DJ set, like mixed together. Oh, is that you right? I mean? Yeah, because that's very, yeah. it's such a specifically kind of early 2000s Bay Area uh,
1: trend or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
0: but it, I mean, hey, I, I liked all that stuff, so that was it's cool by me. But it was funny that when I saw that, I was like, oh. That's interesting. That's interesting that that would be uh something that they were doing. And I I kind of presumed it was like a well why the hell not? Why wouldn't we? kind of situation. Yeah. But it's interesting that it would be that you have that relationship especially with Mamos because I mean they're, you know, Mamos is is very beloved in San Francisco especially. So it was like an interesting uh an interesting pairing and it was it, it's it's something that does seem to work and it does have uh like, it fits the vibe. Like, like the, the feeling of the whole thing is, is sort of like, we're doing this because we just feel like doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, there's this whole, like, reunion concept and records that bands make when they come back. And... I, you know, like there's some people that probably would have preferred if we just recorded the chorus to "Cut Your Face" or to "Sharks and Sailors" for both album sides. Just <laughs> yeah, play that. Just do, just do a for super cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> just play even, that for 18 even minutes. Even more
0: sharks but, and even more sailors is what you. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> just just do that, and then we're, then we're happy, and then it's the best record that you've ever made. You know. And I just felt like i I think we collectively just sort of felt like that's not what we're gonna do, and we' never really like set out to make records to sort of you know we we, we honestly we're just playing the music you know we're just doing what feels feels best and feels the most honest, and yeah that that's sort of what arrives on our records, and for better or worse, you know, but we just' like, we're not gonna like I did, it, and also, like that record, like coming back after 18, 20 years of having not released any new music, we're gonna get like people are either gonna like it or there's some people that are hated it before it even came out for all the uh, for for whatever reason. There's just so we just we're just like what doesn't it for us? It was just sort of just enjoy the process and and put out something that we are proud of you know and just let that let it let it rip like that versus putting a whole lot of putting all investing a whole lot of stock or mental headspace into making what may be like like a record that maybe comes off as being disingenuous because truth be told like we don't have like we're different people we're like like i'm like friggin' almost 50. i don't like i can't do what i used to i can't i, I don't even play that in, in many ways like the, the you know we, we we continuously talk about like what the next record is like what the record is at this point now that we've gotten this thing out of our system which is almost like a union between then and now it's sort of we you know i i have uh, it, it's just a really curious concept just to consider what the next thing is for us or any of us musically because i i i, I don't even know how we would really collectively Complete some of the songs that I've been working on, and simultaneously uh that holds true for how though I would be able to work and integrate myself into the songs that those guys are working on, but that's what sort of compels us as well, like that challenge
0: right Solving that so
1: piece. yeah, yeah, and um so you know it's also complicated because we can't really be in the same room right now, and a lot of people are doing this technology thing where they zoom into practice and all that kind of stuff and i i I gotta just i gotta get better at zoom honestly because i you know it's killing me i want to i want to be able to work on a a multitude of different things and i think for the next like six months or so that's really going to be the only safe way to do it
0: uh first of all i just like to point out that i'm not sure if it's what you said or not but i'm gonna hope that you did disingenuous which is an incredible malapropism for disingenuous uh, that, that 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 was great, greatly amusing to me. Disingenuous. I like, I like that quite a bit. Uh, secondly, uh, also it, it's interesting that to me, like within the record, like a, like like a song like "Have a Safe Trip, Dear" kind of seems like that w- that would be like a spe- uh, June of forty four special order, right? But then there's also stuff where the whole thing, kind of kind of being a, like a smorgasbord of different things, works because it wasn't like. There wasn't this anticipation, like, oh, there's new Journey 44 record. It was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, just like what it was there. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, and then there's just this thing. It's like, well, okay. That's a, that's, a, that's an actual pleasant surprise for once rather than, you know, the other way around. Uh, you know, in the same way that that hum record kind of came out of nowhere for people that are fans. Oh,
1: just, yeah, just I, like, I oh, see what you mean. Oh, okay, yeah. it's
0: right on, you know? And, and that's, yeah. that, to me, that's interesting because it's just almost completely impossible to surprise people with anything nowadays
1: yeah, th- 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 yeah, yeah i
0: found that impressive just in its own right and then the least of which is like oh this is kind of eclectic you know there's that uh the re-recording of what was a cardiac atlas um you know it's something where it's just like okay some of these are it's it's like almost seem like reimaginings but then it makes sense too when you talk about the anahata stuff and like having like not feeling like it's necessarily fully baked or, you know, fully, uh, fully gestated and the versions that are on the record that's like, oh, well, this makes sense if you, if you, if you stop and think about it, because you know, the songs had time to kind of take on their own life. And then, you know, songs don't stop living too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, our friend, you know, our friend Jay, I'm sure have you, you know who Jay Ryan is. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, he, he I I, no, I read I read somewhere he said um he said something that resonated with me which was just like I wish that I I don't whatever song it was, but it's like I wish they'd played I, I wish they'd recorded that after playing it for 2 or 3 months. Yeah. And that just sort of was a ping that uh I, you know, I had to pay attention to because it's true like nowadays like we you know my other bands like shipping news was very particular in the studio you know like we were very cognizant of like just taking our very very glacially paced and just sort of making sure that we you know we we crossed all the t's and dotted all the i's and just tried to get everything as concise as we possibly could and and you know as far as like the surprise of the news this june of 44 record there's a few things like when we were, you know, like, it, it, it's an unusual circumstance for us, because, we, you know, back when we were still making records, Touch and Go was hyper-healthy, uh, you know, yeah. the end of the 90s was yeah. still, they were, like, the streaming hadn't really fucked everything up, and Corey was still, like, there was just so much prosperity, just, like, as far as impossibility, and, and just sort of, like, you know, an intuitive direction was just sort of just, like, just to keep going.
0: Different you know words, and you know the
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah so you know when we you know when we sort of sat ourselves back together and it was um time to figure out who was going to put out our our records and all if somebody was going to do it you know at that point when we were you know getting ready to go into San Jose to record something and we had all of that plan put together to record whatever it was that we had ready we didn't even know what it was going to be. We were just going, oh, this guy's gonna offer a free session and we're gonna go record there and maybe we'll have a record And, <laughs> yeah, and there's just like sort some of...
0: totality of the thought behind it, right <laughs>
1: yeah, and like and then and then with with Mickey and with Broken Clover, like his whole business model is there's a bit of arrhythmia there for us just because we have you know he he has a very clear and direct idea of what he wants his record label to be and you know i wouldn't say that we've never really i wouldn't say we've been 100% at odds or like angry with each other but we just disagree <laughs> if that if that makes any sense on yes, how sir. um like we want certain things to be done and we what we know we, there's you know it's, a, it's a, there's a mutual respect for each other and we just are careful to you know just as far as our gratitude and our appreciation for what each each party offers but at the end of the day like his label is sort of resistant to certain industry norms that we were sort of more, more sort of like reared on with, with touch and go, you know, things like, like publicity for that matter, or, uh, you know, like, like there's you know, he wasn't, he just doesn't doesn't really have the resources or the infrastructure to really publicize right. or promote a record. And, um, that's curious you know that was curious for us but you know we're just again like it was this weirdo strange record we were initially only planning on making three or four hundred copies of it or whatever and it didn't seem like uh it didn't seem like that big of a stretch just to sort of let that flow but yeah you know in many ways like you know it's a surprise as much of a surprise as maybe it came off it's like oh this is happening it's like for us it was like wow this is happening like this wow this is <laughs> you know, you know. And, totally and, no, and no, a I good, get
0: it
1: in and, and a, a good and in a very bad way I mean no disrespect at all towards like the record label or how things are sort of moving but we just I haven't put out a record since 2011 and it's
0: been, I was going to say it's been a while well it's been a long time since you know 44 but it's been a long time since you did, there's been a record that you put out in general um, yeah
1: well there's, well now like there is like you know there's a few things that happened but they weren't like you know, there were sort of posthumous records. Yeah. There was a couple. There was a. Uh, the there were two. Is, uh... Well, there were no. There was two two Rodan things that happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are two things in them. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Come on now. I'm blushing. I'm turning I'm turning pink. Um, no, but like those things were like they My were My memory's sort of a in- sieve these days. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they were like on they were quarter stick releases and they were just yeah. sort of like and they're very important and special uh, as far as like what their what their latitude range was for us and just sort of how deep they sort of went. As far as the content and you know all the different things that we sort of discussed with jason and just sort of like having those things sort of have 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 presence was was sort of crucial and important and touch and go right supports that and they wanted them to to exist but as far as like the process is concerned it was it was very very similar like a, you know there was a production person at, at, at touch and go and quarterstick who you'd call and they would, you know, walk you through the process. Or there was a, you know, like the graphic designer and yeah, all the different there, there things. There was
0: a whole uh, team of people, and it was, a, it was an operation, so to speak. Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> yeah, albeit much more pared back and not as, not as you know, unified. But there, you know, the, all of the parts were still there to put out those the the sorts of records that, you know, in a similar way. Uh, that they were put out back in the you know late '90s, uh, mid '90s, but they're all they're they're all there. But you know it was just uh, not it, the, the process of making the, the the newer record was just the the record that we put out on Broken Clover was just a pretty unique experience and it was telling. I was like, wow, we, you know, as thankful as I have ever been for being in the process of working on music with record labels, it's just. I, I I just really feel fortunate to have had people that have been interested and want to want to work with us. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean that's you know that's always nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice yeah. thing just to have that, uh, especially when you get in your head about something to have that vote of confidence that someone's willing to put you know put it on the line for you. You know that, that's yeah, that's a, that's a nice feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You
0: know you you. We I I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, because uh, the aforementioned memory being a sieve. But uh, that that fifteen quiet years, how did you end up picking the stuff that was on there? Because there was a bunch of like live recordings and things like that. I mean, I'm sure there was like a lot of ephemera uh, and thing. But I thought it was, I thought it was very well done. Uh, oh, thank you. Especially as someone that, you know, it it was just a little bit before my time, so I I missed it like completely. So it was something where it's like, oh, that's awesome. They put together this thing. Like, you can kind of, like, get, like, a, a hint of, like, other elements of things that, you know, could have been or were and, you know, weren't documented in a certain way. So how did you end up – how did you end up well, well, what you picked for that? Like, how, how did Well, the core of it was,
1: like, the – well, the, the, you know, the, the core of it was the Peel session that we yeah. recorded in 1993 or 1994 uh, while we were in Britain. The core of it was that. And, you know, there was a guy from Canada or something that had been bootlegging and putting it out on CD – It wasn't that you know there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of like newness to the material. Anybody that knew the band back then had already probably heard a lot of the the, a lot of the The things that were on that record. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like or some like VHS like transfer like on a you know like on a banana. But the um (laughs) the (laughs) but like but like we you know we you know that process was unusual as well because we tried to fish back the 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 master reels from from the peel session from the bbc and initially like we'd always wanted to get a give those songs a different treatment like a remastering the way the guy mixed while we were making those songs was just insane and mixed everything really loud and we just weren't 100 percent happy with it so the whole concept of the record from you know we got back in 94 and by 95 or 96 the year or two after the band had broken up Jason and I were trying to trying to fish back the tape so that we could put out a different version of it. But the licensing fees to the BBC were just astronomical. It was like they were initially, they were like, yeah, we'll send you, we'll send it, we'll send this stuff to you. It'll be 20,000 bucks. And we're like, we can't, we can't afford 20 for that thing. That's it. Jesus.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, no,
1: that's, so we, but eventually as sort of, time went on and you know interest went away or trickled out or whatever and like not necessarily the band or you know prestige or anything but just in terms of just like like how things were being done as far as making money with licensing deals and records and those sorts of things in general the bbc eventually after literally after maybe 12 or 13 years said like yeah well you know we'll we'll, we'll part with it now for a, a fee that is Reasonably. Very much in line with your budget. And we were like, oh, cool. We're finally going to get the tapes. We're finally going to get the tapes. Let's do this. And Corey was totally stoked. And we paid the fee. And they were like, uh, you know, we can just email you the document. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's just a digital file. It said, well, you know, we transferred out. It's just a dat tape. are like, what the? No. So there was no... There's nothing like the CD version that douchebag from Canada had been cycling to wherever that version was essentially what we got from the BBC. But we were able to, you know, have Bob remaster it or yeah. give it some sort of a treatment to sort of broaden it and open it up a bit.
0: Oh, what a letdown! Jeez, after all that time, too. Ugh.
1: Well, we should have known. I mean, like the the way that all those sessions sort of work is, unless they're important, like you know, like like Lenny Kravitz or the Rolling Stones or something like that, they they just re-record over everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well,
0: I mean, they they you know, look, look, BBC, right? They they all those cl- yeah. a bunch of classic Doctor Who episodes. are like, ah, eh, just tape over It's just some stupid kid show, you know. Like it's, it's yeah, they, exactly. Uh, like our shit was. It.
1: Yeah, they didn't, it didn't matter to, it didn't hold any, hold sway. But then the other, um, the other things were, uh, you know, the, there were, there were like eight track versions of some of our songs that, that were on Rusty. It was that we had recorded and sort of were circulating through cassette tapes that we just wanted to have a vinyl home for. Yeah. And we were just looking for ways to fill out the record with live material and just things that Jason and I thought were, of interest and uh, and impertinent and, and, and had some value in terms of the story of the band. So we just sort of figured curated it in a way that made made some sense to us.
0: I mean, interest in the band Rodan is you know at a medium level, but Truck Stop. Truck stop is
1: where. Oh, that's start. the one right there. That's the they <laughs> are picking it up. Honestly, like I mean, I don't I don't want to get away. Uh, truck stop in just a moment. No, but, no, we did, we know, talked we, about that last
0: time. We don't need to talk okay. about truck stop.
1: That's but fine. The, that's the, thing about the thing about the you know the thing about um, the 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 fifteen quiet years record that is uh, you know the, probably more valuable than holding the record in my hands is sort of the process of making it because Jason, yeah, J- I just moved to the Northeast, uh, moved to the Northeast in 2010 on the the heels of finding out that he was sick. And we finished the, the last shipping news record, which was a live recording, which, you know, was recorded a month before he was diagnosed with cancer. But we, like the majority of the time I was at work for those two or three years at my print shop before he passed away, like we would just sit on the phone together and just talk about production stuff. He would call me, and he may have been on, like, whatever opioids it was that were trying to keep him from, like, killing himself in pain from chemotherapy and the cancer that was in him. We would just sit there on the phone and talk about paper colors or weights. So we'd just talk about this and, like, be looking at screens and be like, ooh, that color is just so nice. And it was just so, just such a beautiful, bright, shining moment for for me because I knew that he was using it as a tool like those projects where util- he utilized those records as sort of ways that, you know, I think in some way or in parallel and tandem to what I was just talking about with ways that we're sort of getting through the pandemic and all of this and in- civil stuff is that we just sort of need to focus, uh, redirect our energies and focus on uh, art and music and and, and, and things that are crucial and important to ourselves. So, that record, like, in, you know, that Rodan record definitely occupies that headspace for me. And you know, it's like it, it's like that. That's the legacy that's within that record. Is that, you know, year and a half of trying to, have, of trying to have it be realized and working with him through it.
0: I mean, on one hand, it's, you know, it's, it's a, com- <laughs> it's beyond a bummer uh, because of the situation. But it, it's it's really cool that you got to take such an active role in, in helping, you know, give it, give it its due diligence, uh, and, yeah. uh, due release, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's a worthy thing. And,
1: you know, it's another weird one though, you know, like yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like another weird one. Like that was weird. And then, you know, we did the, uh, did, did our hat fa- the Hat Factory record came out last year, which was after you and I talked? So there was another.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was a record that was um that was you know interestingly as we we were getting ready to record uh the same songs. there's was essentially all the material that ended up on Rusty on our actual only proper LP. Uh, we were getting. I was loading up the gear into. Um, Terra station wagon to drive it to Baltimore to record at at a at the Hat Factory recording studio at this whole yeah. studio there and um, that, that was like uh,
0: what like '93 like ni- somewhere yeah like more or less like, yeah
1: yeah it was early '93 it was actually it was Hound Sound it was it wasn't Hat Factory we called it Hat Hat Factory which is unusual because those recordings were done at a studio called Hound Sound but um with 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 Tony uh of Fr- Tony French or Forrest French but he um. He he'd recorded the Aviary uh the Aviary E P, which was the cassette thing that we oh, made sure. before yeah, Rusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, we wanted to record with him again so but his old studio, which was the Hat Factory, was, was no longer existent and he wanted to record us at this other place that he was gonna call Hat Factory. But at any rate we got there, we recorded it and we weren't really uh no, sorry, I I jumped the gun. We were getting into Tara's car. This is after Corey Rusk had seen Rodan play... Um, yeah, for Derby. Derby is first. It was the first Saturday in May, and Corey came down to Louisville. Corey Russ from Touch and Go yeah, yeah. came down to Louisville, and um, I didn't think you're talking about we, Corey Hart. Don't worry. No, or, you know, there's lots of Corey's in my life. But anyway, like <laughs> we were opening. We were opening for we were we played before uh, Palace Brothers before the very first oh, Palace Brothers show. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Corey showed up and saw us play, and we'd never met or anything like that. We didn't really talk to him or anything like that. And I was just oh, Corey was here. That's cool. We didn't think much of it. And then two weeks later, we were getting ready to drive to Baltimore to record all this music with Tony French. Uh, and as we were loading our gear out, like I heard the phone ring from inside the house, and I walked in, and it was Corey saying that he wanted to put out uh, a Rodan record. And I was like, oh shit, we're getting ready to drive to Baltimore to do this thing. And at that point, like everything changed as far as like the trajectory and the potential for the record. And
0: yeah,
1: yeah. we got to Baltimore, and I think we were all just a little bit like, wow, you know, like, you you know, maybe we should be it, it, at that, you know, we're just kids. We're like 21, 22 year old kids. And we're like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. For me, it was like, it was epic because. I, you know, I remember walking around in malls in Louisville where there were actual record stores when they were still in malls and finding <laughs> Touch and Go records, Touch yeah, and Go totally. releases, yeah. finding the, finding the Headache EP. Yeah. I remember it was like it was yesterday, like at Oxmoor Mall in Louisville and finding the Headache Headache EP in a record bin and not knowing anything What's about this? it. It
0: looks amazing. It was like,
1: yeah. like pus head artwork, a head exploding. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. what is it? And I brought it home and put it on and I listened to it for like four or five months and I was like this is just an amazing record and then I finally realized that it was supposed to be played at 33 and a third <laughs> 45 45 RPMs it was a 33 I was playing it at 32 it was like that much slower but anyway but anyway it, was it a all sounded like nominees. the Melvins,
0: I'm sure I mean that's that's uh, Steve is the one who First, I forget how he phrased it, but that like the test of a really good song is if you still like it. and played it at the wrong speed. If it's thirty three, it might be forty five or vice versa. It's a yeah, a
1: that's song. that's pr- it's precisely right. Like it was a set, it was a it was a twelve inch single, so it was supposed to be played at forty five RPMs. And I've been listening to it for half a year at thirty three and a <laughs> third. And I so but so when I figured it finally figured it out that I was supposed to play it faster, I was like, wow, it's like two records in one. Anyway, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. The, but, um, but, <laughs> That's like, how part, yeah, but that was just sort of a gateway to all of the, all of that stuff, you know, all of the early touch and go releases and to, to have Corey have called and to have him on the phone and just be talking to him, you know, just be talking to him before we're getting ready. Anyway, like changed the whole like mood of the session. And we just, by the time we got to Baltimore to record, we just weren't 100%, um, our heads were just not really where they needed to be and we, at the point, and the studio wasn't perfect it was a you know it just felt uh, all of it felt sort of off and we didn't really think anything of it we didn't really we just sort of like well we'll just figure, do that and that that happened and now we can go to chicago and record at Steve Albini's studio with Bob Weston. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so we did so and that, and that's diminutive in a way I don't mean to be, but it was sort of like this situation where we just sort of just shelved this recording that we made and it just sort of disappeared for a number of uh, literally like well, almost 15 years and then um, Adam Adam Reach, who used to work at Touch and Go somehow came across uh, the half-inch reels for it. I don't know how he found them, but he. I, uh, do you know? Do you know who Adam is? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, was it um, uh, poison, poison arrows? Poison arrows. I would said pure arrows, which is the dead moon.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and he's but, you know, he's such yeah.
1: a sweet dude. He found it. And I think he maybe found it through Henry Owings. Anyway, like, it sort of trickled back into our hands. Well, and, and it's interesting uh,
0: because it's like the, yeah, like the everyday world of bodies on there. It's kind of, like, choppier and noisier. There's, like, uh, there's this diff- there's different faces of, of, like, the same kind of song. Like, you, it's like this, it, it's, the feel is still there, but it has a completely different feel. Like, I mean, there's uh, the one song where uh, Tara's, like, way kind of forward in the mix. Instead, oh. of, uh, in the version on Rusty, uh, Jungle Jim. Um,
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's just
0: really yeah. cool to hear, like, kind of like the A B of it, I'm like, oh wow, that's like, no, nah, I hadn't thought about it that way.
1: Yeah, and she she made it happen. She was at Kevin Rattman's studio in California, and they were working on a completely, or in Louisville actually working on something completely different. And she he gave her, or she gave him his hard drive, her hard drive, and he opened it up, and she, they were getting ready to open up the session that she wanted to work on, and he said, "What's this Rodan folder?" And she was like, oh, that's this transferred session from, you know, from 1992, 1993. We don't really care it for him. He's like, oh, I want to listen to it. I'm just going to... And she's like, oh, copy it over. You can do whatever you want with it. So <laughs> he he essentially just beefed it up. He basically used every filter and every effects processor he had in the studio to make it sound palpable. And then we we it just became that record. So anyway, it was just kind of nuts. Well, and it's... it's
0: it's interesting because i mean you guys were you know and this, this is a while back like you're you are still all pretty young and you know that that's like kind of a wild time to be uh to be around that was sort of like you know indie rock gold rush stuff was happening <laughs> and yeah to, to the world at large uh you know i can't i, I again I, I i always am try to try to be careful about repeating stuff i don't remember if we talked that much about it like i mean did you feel like you had like common cause with a uh, with a lot of like the touch and go bands and and uh things like that like where where did you feel like rodan fit in back then
1: I, in many ways on most of my things that i've worked on and i i, I just, like i like I, I feel like a lot of the projects that i've but, but and this isn't like a bad thing per se but i feel like a lot of the things that i've made uh, I feel like like, and it's not a suffrage thing, but I feel like they're often criticized by comparisons or by sort of like mm. their relationships to other pro other things that are related to me, but I have no like creative input within the shapes of those things. Gotcha. So yeah. I sort of feel like 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 like, not that we sort of like operate in the shadows of uh, of other other people's work or other people's projects, but in some ways like that like we are what we eat. And I feel like I definitely like, like there's some, like I, like I, I honestly, I just couldn't really hold it together in many ways. When we first walked into Steve's house and, in in chicago was like what am i how how did i end up here <laughs> like that's in like lifetime. <laughs> yeah that's like that's not, that's that's like sun studios for me that's right, like being right. in you know that's yeah. like being a you know on a, a flickinger the parliament fuckadelic soundboard or something yeah, like yeah. that well how that's what that is to me is like being at, at at steve's console and having bob record our record and then meeting them and you know i i like to think that we're 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 definitely you know we we we're, we're friends but you know i you know there's a level of respect for them that i have that they're just they're they're, they're deep guys and i just i don't want to you know have, i don't have any expectations of our our relationships i mean i i love them an, enormously and there's a there, you know there's 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 bands that are like Shannon Shannon Wright I, you know she's she's one of those people that i just always sort of come back to and i consider her a pretty close friend of mine and Bands that are immediately related to our projects, of course, like Rachel's and uh, you know those sorts of things, and Man Manor Astroman. But like some of the some of the older the bands that were part of Touch and Go before we were part of Touch and Go, they um, I just I just you know I, I freak out when I'm around them. <laughs> I kind of just lose a short circuit. I don't know how to talk anymore.
0: Well, but it's also you know I'm always surprised when I find you know musicians and and like lifer uh, music folks that aren't huge fans of certain things right that that, that you don't have those bands it's like oh my god oh my god i can't believe this is happening you know like it's and, and i i'm lucky enough that you know i get to talk to people like that all the time on this show and it blows my mind if i ever stop to think about it it blows my mind (laughs) <laughs> sure, sure. And I, and I usually sure. don't, <laughs> but then every once in a while I'll be like, "Wow, I did." You know, I I had a dude from Devo on here. I had a dude from The Stooges on. Oh my god! And but yeah, I'm right. a huge fan of like every. Well, that's that's the thing. I never have anyone. I'm not a huge fan of their work. That's the key to the show. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's your own special secret. You know, I mean, keep do, it to yourself.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it, it isn't like a one size fits all thing. Let's put it that way. I would, I would I just a bunch of people I wouldn't uh, have on. But but I you know I get it. But it's also. You know, and you know, first with Rodan, but also with June of forty-four. It's like these these folks also became your contemporaries as well. And and uh, you know, you're you were doing the work. Like, did you find that that elevation, that mental elevation, changed at all at any point, or were you still kind of always like? Or did you or did you just? You know, are you hanging out, and then suddenly you have the epiphany of like, wow, I can't believe that uh, you know that's the person that made that record or something along those lines. Like, wh- wh- how does that? How does that operate? And the reason why well, I, ask I think is, I think is because think for it's, me,
1: what, go ahead, sir.
0: I was gonna say the reason why I ask because I think there's a lot of people that will put you in that echelon yourself.
1: So I think well, that's un, I, that's an unusual. Thing. I think in many ways, like I, like I, you know, like um, the one size fits all thing that you said just a moment ago. Like I, for the longest time, I sort of felt like I, uh, you know, like I kind of fit neatly within, and could easily calibrate myself with a lot of people that were sort of doing things that were, that were similar to me, like aesthetically or like choice wise, as far as lifestyle and those sorts of things are concerned. But anymore, like, uh, like I, I, you know, as we age and as we sort of continue to make, you know, decisions and choices, responsible choices not only to you know the environment or to our families but also we you know where we balance those choices to make sure that we're making the right decisions for ourselves so that we can keep ourselves healthy for all of the different things that we sort of are integrated with i sort of i you know i stopped sort of feeling uh so or not necessarily not I, i didn't necessarily stop feeling like i wasn't part of that culture part of that uh, you know it wasn't it was less that it was less that I didn't feel involved or integrated it was more that I just was unaware of it mm-hmm. I sort of was able to separate myself from that sort of like consistent feeling of sort of being dialed in and fixated on who like who who was doing what or like how I like what was relationable to me as far as what I'm doing versus what someone else is doing and once that sort of went away uh like, like I can pretty much like like I I'm not as insecure I guess as far as like how it how I relate to people that I once were was just like would not have felt very comfortable being in the same room with. I wouldn't say that's true for like Nick Cave. Like if I was in a room with Nick Cave, <laughs> right. I might lose. I might I might lose or like like Lucinda Williams or someone right. like that. I sure, might just yeah. kind of come unhinged. But like. I like I I'm, I'm I can be a comfortable conversationalist now better than maybe I may have been like you know fifteen or twenty years ago with the same person.
0: Makes Does sense. that stack up? Does that sort of no, answer? No, absolutely. That, sort of that, that, that absolutely yeah. makes sense. And and it's and the only reason I bring it up is because uh, you know I think it's something a lot of listeners of the show and the listening audience has grown, but also sort of changed a little bit too. And I feel like it used to be mostly like. <laughs> like Used to be all musicians and people that knew me personally, and now yeah, and now it's like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. grown. And and you know some people do have that kind of thing where you know they meet a musician that they like or an artist they like, and, and they just don't even know like how to start a conversation or how to bro. <laughs> you yeah, because like, well, they look even the them up on a pedestal.
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's 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 curious because I feel like I, you know, like I was having a hard time just sort of figuring it out like for a long time about what. You know, when people like when you said a moment ago that people sort of looked up to me or to Sean or Fred or Doug or to Tara or people like us that have been doing these mm-hmm. things for so long. Um, like, I think that the, the, at, at our core, and this is like the, 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 the most important part of uh, our creativity is that we just aren't bullshit. We're not right. bullshitting. We're not trying to bullshit you. We're not trying to sell ourselves on you. Yeah, yeah. we're not trying to convince you um of any of anything like you know um in fact like we're like uh, like we're the opposite of bullshit if that if i can uh, if i can say that <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so good, that's good. so like like i feel like that and i think and that it, once i realize like well, you know like i'm just doing like i'm just trying to source like something genuine and something legitimate that is like like an extension of a thought or an idea or uh, some sonic headspace that isn't bullshit like once i just sort of came to that like that that sense then it 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 sort of like leveled me in a way that made me just gave me a little bit more confidence because prior to that i just was having a hard time i guess weaving in and out of just like is this good is this bad and i was like well it's not really about that it's more about if it's if it if it's if it's for real or if it's bullshit and i feel like that i think might be what sort of makes me feel a little bit more like an enigma or some sort of an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't as, know.
0: as a metric, that's a pretty good one, I would say. I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could do uh, a lot worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean and that that's just my perception and what I'm shooting for. Anybody who sort of... And then, you know, and then there's the whole other side of that. Like, you might put out... Uh, I might make a piece of artwork or tell a story or make a song or whatever it is, and someone's perception of it might be completely different than that they might think i'm totally full of shit that's just fine that's (laughs) totally okay (laughs)
0: well and and i do actually do i I want to talk a little bit about dexterity press because i feel like it was the one thing i kind of left on the table last time but uh but before that i do kind of want to talk about you know we're going to be giving a lot of time to rodan this time but but the switch up when june of 44 started i mean there's The nice thing about that band, first of all, is that there's um, different elements to it, like almost like experimental jazz and like dub parts, as well as like the post-punk and kind of angular guitars and things along those lines. And it's something where it it made a distinctive voice that was more than the sum of its parts and also like happened at a time where, you know, it's still you get that cultural cachet of of people like you had a mysterious image you know there's that, that kind of like big nautical energy going yeah. on but like it wasn't like you know it was like hey the band looks like this here's what we four dudes look like you know it, it was it was a little bit kind of like finding a book that you just thought the cover was really cool and yeah. like, and, and breaking into it and uh, just immediately there there was a certain degree of depth to it that was like, oh, this is cool. They're exploring that the, the you, get, the you kinda guys, you kind of guys, kind of work through, and then it, it really impressed me that you managed to do a similar-ish thing with shipping news while also being completely different. And <laughs> was was any of that like, you know, like, hey, let's let's try to do this, or was it more just like, hey, we got these people in the room, and it, this is what it sounds like. Uh, you know, how much of that was preconceived?
1: The. Uh, uh, uh... I don't think it was really, uh, for, as far as June of forty-four is concerned, there wasn't really any premutations or pre- preconceptions at all. There wasn't really an intended, um, like mystique or aberrationness or any of those sorts of things. Like, I think, um, interestingly, like there was a period of time when a lot of people thought that, uh, like, uh, like I would get this in interviews frequently. Like, what, like, uh, and, and it happens to this day even still. Like, people offer me drugs. <laughs> they think of, they think I'm they thought like we were just, just drug addled, like yeah. junked out, junked out people. And I've never, I'm, I mean, 100 percent straight. I've never smoked pot in my life. I've never touched the stuff. I've had examples in in my youth of people that were yeah. complete benders and bent, like go on these, you know, and like smoked so much marijuana, it just made me not want to touch the stuff. But I never. And, and that's fine if you do. I'm not, I'm not, it's no discredit and disservice to anyone who wants to smoke pot. It's just something that it was just an interesting interpretation of me. Because the music the,
0: sounds a certain way, assuming that it has certain substances. That like, I'm
1: just like some, yeah. that I'm junked up or like, you know, like all these things. So it was just always interesting. Like when people would approach us after shows and they would give me like a joint, they'd be like, Hey Jeff, do you want a joint? And I'd be like, oh sure I'll take it and I would go and I'd give it to Sean or to Fred or, to, uh, or something like that and after let me go pay and this to a yeah and, and they would they, but no one would ever approach them no one would ever walk up to That's they were the funny. only they were the guys that smoked pot anyway like it was just interesting because it got to a point to where they were um after the shows, they would look at me and ask me if I, they would be like, Jeff, did you get any pot? Did you get any pot? <laughs> um, Were you just the so approachable
0: was, one? Like, what, what, why? Yeah, no, one was, I think people out. just
1: thought that I was, people just thought that I had choking it like, up, that I was into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, uh, none of the, none of the, uh none of that was, and none of it was sort of like a gag or, um, uh, intentional there's no intentionality in terms of trying to develop anything i think if as far as like a mystique or being sort of elusive i think for me like i coming out of the heels of rodan like i was just really trying to make uh like something that was complete you know make a full thing like that had like a that that had some gravity to it rather than just uh you know just putting out just another record like it needed to have like this sort of um it needed to get have some sense of concept um and i think the you know the first record being what it was i think it just sort of we just elongated that through through the next one or two like that sort of theme with uh that you know I, we have talked about this in interviews into the ground but just like the idea that like we were living in separate places and the importance of travel and using music as as a means to sort of get to various places that I might not otherwise have been able to go to and just sort of integrating all of that sort of concept into the aesthetics of the record as well.
0: I mean, and did you, were you surprised by what people kind of latched onto? Like, I mean, from in my circles anyway, like, uh, you know, we made a joke about it earlier, but you know, sharks, sharks and sailors is one of those songs that, like it justifies its length, but it also, you know, it's, so, it's something that like people can easily yell in any, in any setting, you know, maybe at a polite dinner or something. And it's, it's going to oh, yeah, be. It's awesome a, hilarious. It's a, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it just really is. It really is. And that's like, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I didn't, I don't think we, we, no, we never really had any expectations. I think, I think really we were just sort of, um, happy to be working and happy, happy to be able to travel and happy to be able to make uh, records with touch and go. And then, uh,
0: sure. But were you like, really that nine minute song? you know, however long it is. I don't even remember
1: how long it is. Oh, that particular song. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. not like, it, like that. No, yeah, no. Right. Like, yeah, I was like, that's oh, this the is one. Like, huh? Okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But you know, as far as like perception is concerned, that was sort of like, there were like three or four of them, but there, that was the one that was like, yeah. uh, and when we get back together and we work on that song, we, you know, it's sort of, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm just not, not speaking for myself specifically, but speaking for other people in the group, like it's not, it's not a band favorite to play. So that's always really? an interesting
0: thing. Oh, okay.
1: Huh. And not a collective band favorite to play. It's a fun song to play, but there's others one, there's other yeah, ones that we more... look more forward to kind of getting into. And I just always yeah. am like, I'm just. I, I I like it, and I yeah. like that uh, you know. I like that it means something to the people that come to see us play. It it means something to them to be able to hear us play that particular song. I mean, it's a and tough tune. Anyway, like it, make, you know, it makes it, sense
0: that it, people would latch on to me, but you know, I'm not also not in the band. You know, it's like yeah, it's well, a jam too. You know, okay, why is why is that yeah. the one that people like? Fuck yeah, best song ever. I don't know. It's
1: uh, I don't get it. Well, the thing I I just think like there's. You know, like we, we when we play live, like it's just really important to sort of you know, like the music sort of comes out of us, but the the people in the room sort of make the show. Yeah and if the people in the room aren't really feeling part of it, then the music just sort of just disappears. It becomes nothing. So like, there's like just a the whole Craig
0: Sage would just like play a bunch of songs that nobody's ever heard before <laughs> when the wipers would play.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, be exactly. Oh like, I thought we
0: were
1: gonna yeah, hear of yeah. America. Come on, man. Bass solo. Um <laughs> <laughs> bass solo uh, but the uh, but um, but you know like I think I think for us uh, I think for June of 44 like once we once four great points came out we I think that was a really important record for us as far as transitioning into something that was a little bit different than even the f- t- two or three releases that that came before it. Um, well,
0: if it makes sense like even even the color scheme, right cuz cuz like there was these yeah. you know really like you know beautiful gorgeous like kind of earth tony uh covers uh previously and then it's like it's like oh that's that's a very that's a vibrant green like that's like right
1: there yeah no like the, everything about it just sort of was just a big change we, don't, they, we just we're again like didn't want to fall into uh typecast ourselves or sort of become a cover band to our own imagery or our own music so yeah. we just sort of and 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 that that record, uh, you know, like uh, someone I think it was it was an interview we did for Italy for the for the revisionist record. But they asked me if I if I could choose, of the records that I've put out, like which uh, from each band, like which record it would be. And I think for Road for 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 June of forty four, it would definitely be Four Great Points. Um, that's my favorite of our five or six releases. And I think in shipping news. Yeah it be for shipping is it, it, the, the last two just kill me. I love the Flies the Field records and I really love the uh, the um, uh, one no one less heartless to fear the live record. But I think that that, that that's more of a spiritual record for me in my brain. But um, but yeah, uh, you know the, the 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 those were sort of that moment where for both of those records for for me creatively were that were, were records that sort of capture. The sort of like the the broader sort of like integrity and sort of in, in, intention of those those projects, you know, they just sort of hold on to the that okay. that the, 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 the specific energy that is immediately related to the to the time and, and to to the place where those records were made.
0: Well, Shipping News especially had a unique ability to be very intimate and then immediately expansive at the same time, and that's a. Uh... That can be a hard, a hard needle to thread, uh, and there's certainly other bands that have that have done it. But I think that there was a, a certain specific thing of uh, with that band that, you know, there's a lot of heart to it. <laughs> like not to not to put yeah. too fine a point on. I'm not saying that like these other bands are heartless necessarily, but like it's it's there it was like a deep. A deep uh, emotionality, emotionality.
1: Sure. T- t- yeah, that's a, that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot. That we, I, I'm not really. I, you know, I I don't know how that we, we end up spinning spinning it in that direction. How it ended up going that way. I think a lot of that initially was like a certain, a, a little bit like of a fearless sort of like uh, approach to vocals and like just actually singing um, more than just sort of like our regular spoken sort of shouting narratives and all that kind of stuff. But also musically and sonically, like the, you know, the, the collection initially of me and, and Kyle and Jason, just the way that we talked and the way we related to each other sort of just was more indicative of, I guess, the, the, the music that we, you know, it had that sort of like content, like the, our relationships with each other much more personal at the front end uh than than june 44 for sure because you know we talked about this last time like we were june 44 would get together and we would just bash it out you know and then we would leave each other for you know months on end right you just get it get it
0: all out in like one
1: (laughs) yeah one big session and
0: yeah that's good that's gonna have a very different vibe than something that's allowed to kind of you, know, mit- you get the, yeah, gro- the just- growth chart on the wall where you you mark the child's height, right?
1: <laughs> well, that that and also that <laughs> we've got one of those, by the way. Right, oh, no, but no, the, the, top's for top top. June of forty-four, and we're getting we're but we're actually getting, getting shorter. No, the, um, <laughs> uh, the the but the thing is, is like the other part of it is that just the approach to writing, like sh- like in shipping news, we we really never. I think we only made one record in a proper studio. Like we were recording all that stuff at home or yeah. at, at, at Jason's house, Jason and Kyle's house in Louisville. So there was just a much more, a much more intentionally paced and much more uh, patient sort of approach to making our records than with June Forty Four. And I think, I think that 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 is that is present in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the outcome i think uh, actually like i was listening yeah, i don't listen to my records very often but i i think like i was you mentioned cardiac atlas a moment ago and i was listening to it uh the the um the test pressing for the record maybe two months ago i was like there's some there's some kind of like weird shipping news moments going on in June of 44 on this yep. song. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like almost like like sneakily, <laughs> like, yeah, subtle,
1: sort of like subtle, subtle
0: subterfuge.
1: That was like the guitar tones and sort of the pace of the song and just sort of like not, it just, the there's a lot of patience, a much more patient. It's a much more patient version of that song, I think. The you know that was something that we that we ship, the shipping band always really tried to exercise was just sort of like. There's no hurry, and it never like, sounded we don't need... rushed. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. because it never because yeah. some
0: and some bands like you know like being rushed is like the point, right? You're know, like, <laughs> like yeah, there's just like a minor no... threat that was like super deliberate. Maybe might
1: <laughs> might not work right. the same way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although no, I kind of want that... to hear that, but you know, it's
1: no, no, totally totally
0: shipping news um... is very patient music, and and, and uh, you and know, we did. I don't want to belabor the point too much because we did talk about it last time, but. I feel like even with the packaging and presentation, like the whole thing, uh, you know. And I'm thinking of the, R- the RMSN.
1: Ugh. Oh, the 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 single, like the, the single the sewn packages. This is the
0: stuff that's sewn in, where it's, it was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like no, it was a
1: bad move. You but, know, like the first one of the, the first one of the. I wouldn't say bad. I would say bold, but bold. Yeah, bold. No, bad in terms of just like like. Like bad for your skeletons to actually hand sew 2,000 (laughs) papery poster insert CD folder things. I
0: appreciate the labor-intensive nature of it, but I also fully game
1: respect game on that. It was a it was a it was was the first one of those. The first one of those shipping news records was really those papery hand sewn deals was pretty pretty interesting. We we were living in Chicago. We were just we were. right at pretty much division in ashland uh right in the middle of i guess at the edge of wicker park before ukrainian village and we were we finished the recording for that and i would printed the the papery pieces and we were getting we were we had a weekend plan, to have like 15 people come over to our tiny apartment to help us put them all together um and then on that tuesday uh before we were gonna put them all together the two planes flew into the world trade tower and all in September 11th just it, it happened and everybody we you know everybody just kind of was just like pinned at home and you know i could, was walking down the hallway of my house and i was looking out the window just looking at the sears tower just wondering if if that was yeah, next. And, and then happening? I was like, there's exactly. nobody's totally. going to fly an airplane into the Sears tower. That's not going to happen. That doesn't happen. It was just, still, I was just watching. But you but, can uh, academically know something and still
0: also, you know, have that anxiety and just sort of, especially yeah, back then, it's hard to describe it. It was a, it was a different world pretty much. Yeah. Precisely,
1: precisely. everything. I was, was worried shifting. about Bart.
0: I was like, nobody's freaking blown up Bart, but, you know,
1: <laughs> but still it's a, it's a, it's a worthy concern. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like we were, I, you know, we, on uh, the, before, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday happened, and I wrote or called everyone and I just said, you know, if you can't come over to make this happen, if you need to kind of do your own thing, just let, we, we can just cancel. You know, we yeah. just don't need you to come over and help us hand so, they, Everybody showed up. Everybody needed it. Everybody yeah, it, came It, it was to something
0: my house. to focus on. It was something to. It's
1: exactly, yeah. exactly. Something to work on. So it actually just turned out to be a really beautiful couple of days where we just. Stayed in the house and talked to each other and listened to music and put together music packages. It was really awesome.
0: Can Can you speak a little bit to how you came to do uh, Dexterity Press? Was it something? Was it these types of projects that kind of like led to that being like, well, why don't I just do more of this? Was a natural outgrowth? Did you have like a mindset of like, hey, I've got this this thing envisioned, I want to make it happen?
1: Like what The, the um. Um, with I w- met John and Matt who ran Fireproof Press uh, which was the first letter press company that I worked for I met Fireproof them press, yeah. Yeah, I met them in in, in Kansas City when uh, which is where I met my wife as well but we uh, 1990, 1990 uh, was when we met 1999 and 1990, 91 John was in um the cocktails uh with oh, Arthur yeah. Pruitt and Brilliant. Mark Greenberg I, yeah yeah and me too um and we became we became fast friends and i just love the love those guys and uh they graduated and moved matt and john moved the printing press to chicago and um started working on all kinds of just like smaller projects and uh just getting their feet wet and then ninety or 93 happened and I, I think maybe it was 91 they worked their their first big record was that at action park it was the first shellac record or maybe it was the tortoise record i think tortoise came before that It was the tortoise record but anyway i um when carrie and i moved uh, when we when, when carrie and i moved to chicago i had just finished the first uh june of 44 record and was looking for less uh, i was looking for an interesting way to package the record uh, that wasn't all plasticky and i loved the way that the things that came out of john and Matt's studio looked. everything that came out of fireproof like i just yeah. really 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 a, a huge fan and admirer of the work and uh just walked took you know walked in and sat down with some you know with, at that point everything was done with mechanical artwork i had a piece of paper and pens and photocopies and just started taping everything up and pay on um, paste up board and uh they hired me um uh, maybe three four weeks later they hired me to work at the at the studio and that was sort of the beginning of sort of my interest uh in 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 the process of of, of, of letterpress that was the beginning of just sort of like getting getting into it and then it just became sort of a consistent job for me for the spaces in between touring and making things or those sorts of deals. Um, but you know, but there was, but it was really relaxed, and I just felt it, 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 there's just some sort of like importance to uh, to the medium and just sort of like preserving some a, a relatively extinct and archaic printing process. And the machines were attractive to me. The whole thing. Um, and it
0: almost seemed just... to sort of preface the modern, uh, the modern aesthetic of, of, you know, you're not necessarily mass producing a 100,000 of the same thing, you're making something that human hands touched each, each piece of, and that's a special thing for people to have.
1: Yeah, and you said it. I think it was you said it just a moment ago. Like you know, like you would see those records, and you'd just be want to have it just because of the cover. You'd Like right. it's like a book. It's like a, it's like you just like look at that. Matchstick, matchbook, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, all that stuff. So it's just awesome. like the interest in the aesthetics of the just like that the hands on sort of thing, the you know, handmade and all of that tactile quality of letterpress was just really attractive to me, just personally. And that translates, you know, I think that translates as far as it's like when you see an LP or a, a CD on a shelf that's made with with, with that process. But, um, you yeah, know, we moved, Carrie and I stopped at Fireproof in 98 when Carrie and I moved to uh, Philly for her to go to graduate school. And when we moved back, um, Fireproof had pretty much dissolved to just basically doing repressings. Um of like records of of larger larger girth. Like I, I moved back in the fir- I moved back and John had a five thousand piece repressing of an action park and then a tortoise repressing. And yeah, yeah. uh within a matter of year like within like a couple within a year of that I just decided like and John decided that it didn't make really that much sense for him just to be handing me these repressings and not he Never even would see the job. I'd be going to pick up the packages and print on the packages, take them to the die cutter, uh, and then take them to drop them off at um, at Touch and Go or wherever, or take them to UPS or whatever it was. Which you know we just it wasn't really. It was just like I'm just going to start a business and I'll absorb whatever work that John, you know, I'll just start doing it myself. So that's the beginning of Dexterity Press. And for the first ten years that uh, the shop was in business, uh, from 2001 through 2010 uh, i'd never all we worked on at the studio was other people's things i would work on my own records but i never really treated the shop like uh like a like an art studio it was more of a a production press i was working on large-scale packaging projects or um additioning fine art for uh one of our bigger clients is a a gallerist that's in Tokyo and we just addition artwork for them so a lot of those sorts of things were happening but was really what was really great about the print shop for when uh for when we moved to the northeast was that you know I'd already established studio space for it we just basically pulled the press off of the truck and put it into a studio here and I just (laughs) just started up started working immediately but Hit the ground Carrie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we carry well. There was no time not to, you know. But Carrie, I think I was working on a thing for um the Swell Season. It was uh the first thing we printed in our studio in New Haven was a poster series for that band, the Swell Season, which was pretty fun. But um, she Carrie Carrie compelled me and like pushed me to sort of start utilizing the studio as a as an art space as well. Just you know and just started making my own things there and it couldn't have come at a better time you know i just started making all kinds of my own print work uh, alongside all of the you know the regular work that we had at the studio i mean albeit not not as much because you know i just would try to fit art projects in between actual paid gigs but as you know as we proceeded the the art stuff started to generate a modest stream of income as well, just selling prints for like 20, 30, 40 bucks, not like a ton of money, but, you know, signed edition sort of things. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it, 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 it was extremely consistent and it's been extremely like generous as far as like allowing me the luxuries to sort of like kind of come and go from it. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, like we were in, um, we we, when we returned from uh recording the vocals and mixing or not mixing but recording vocals and just doing all the uh overdubs and stuff for the revisionist record at the beginning of middle of january i came home and i you know i had work set up for the studio through august through now so i was seven or eight months out with like lp jackets and Stuff for myself. I just had consistent work all the way through now. But with the pandemic, about 80% of that just disappeared by the beginning of May. I mean, literally, it was so fucking nuts. It was so crazy. Like, I had, you know, I had everything that was out in front of me for when I got home. I was six, I had, you know, essentially like four or five weeks of production work before I was going to be able to even touch any new jobs. And by the time I got done with all of the production work and everything that was already in the space, like I only had about fifteen or twenty percent of those jobs left. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was really, really scary. It was scary through I wanna say through mid June, beginning of July. Uh, but everything just came back with a vengeance and fortunately like we didn't get carry, carry we, we, we you know, we followed pandemic protocols and she we, we we established our stay at home rules and for the kids and yeah. how we were going to homeschool and all that kind of stuff and it was actually uh, it was actually not such a bad thing to be sort of a little bit loose during that time because uh, I just wanted to focus on my children to make sure that they weren't. Yeah. Coming unhinged. I mean, as wild or, of the times is for adults. I mean, like, I couldn't even fathom. Well, I just yeah. I mean, I don't want to care. I don't want to care. I, I can, those it, it, 100% out of my control. There's nothing I can do. It's not right. my failure. All I can do is not stress. And i the last thing I want to do is if even if I was stressed, is bring that to my kids because I don't want them to feel like. I don't want them to feel like you know like i was feeling in in april i don't want that to translate right. uh I, so i just did my best to keep smiles on their faces and uh and, and 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 they did a pretty good job of keeping me in line as well you know just they're just they were just uh, a whole lot of resilience going on but um i was really I mean, given that and that said by the time you know early july hit and everything just started to pour back in i just got i was just i was really ready you know and i just didn't want to feel like um like you know the past 20 years of running the shop which just basically just dissolved completely because you know out of the pandemic i just wasn't ready for that so well,
0: understandable yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. you certainly put a smile on my face as well, Jeff, and it's it's been a pleasure to have. Oh, you back terrific! On again. It's uh, it's been sure, wonderful. Man. Thank you. Yep. I uh, really appreciate talking and hearing about everything. I can't remember if we did this last time, but even if we did, the answer may be different. But I, end of the show. I Ask people,
1: why do you do what you do?
0: Uh,
1: I don't really have a choice. It's just sort of something I. Uh it's it's like a circuitous question. Uh but at the end of the day I think it's just a matter of like I'm I I, I just there's certain things that, that in the back of my brain that I just sort of have to push out of my system. I just have to get it out of there. So yeah, I think it's more just a matter of sort of just like exposing myself, I suppose.
0: Well, I can't believe I've saying this sentence, mm-hmm. but I'm glad you exposed yourself.
1: <laughs> oh. Well not like that. Not like that. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, ew. Well, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> and that's beautiful. On that
0: note. <laughs> All right,
1: Conan. Thank you so much, man. And you. And listen, let's catch up again sometime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, we will make it two years for the next one. And uh, I really appreciate your time. And uh, stay safe, man.
1: All right, man. Take care, you too. Bye, bye.
0: All right, brother. Bye. Oh, there he goes, Jeff Mueller. the cool guy. Great having that dude on. Um, that is a dude that has done a lot of stuff. <laughs> in, a very, in, a, in a good way. Uh, Dexterityletterpress.com Can you hear me now? For uh, all his uh, excellent excellent work. Juneof44.bandcamp.com. That's that revisionist adaptations and future histories in the time of love and survival. Uh, We mentioned the Rodan record. That is uh, also available on Bandcamp, the Hat Factory. Rodan93.bandcamp.com. And, uh, of course, there's also the... uh, 15 Quiet years, uh, shipping news, all that good stuff. Anyway, we're out of time, folks. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, Name of the show's coming Cunningham Transport on reversal, Thank you very much for listening to yet This is my farewell transmission. This show airs Thursdays. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, RadioNope.com. Off. Say yes to Nope. Mr. and Mrs. America All the ships at sea Stay tuned for a Juno 44 special Music on, music off Anyone for live listeners my voice. Protonicreversal.com for the archives Patreon.com Slash Protonic To get new episodes of the show sooner One dollar a month will get you there Thank you so much to everyone uh, passing the show around, sharing it with friends, sharing it with an enemy. Whatever. It all counts. Uh, It all helps. Thank you. This
1: microphone turns sound into
0: electricity. Episode 202. That's right. Can you hear me now? You heard me. Aaron Stay Safe 28 The Dark and Lonely Take it easy I got my radio Take on. it easy And you hear me now And you hear me now goes out to a special door. of a listener.